Today, many students go to college with numerous questions about their faith, yearning to know if the seed planted in them as a child is both true and practical. Using the miracle on the road to Emmaus as a model, young adult ministers conversed weekly for three months with college students about the most pressing questions they had about the Catholic faith. As they journeyed together virtually, something amazing happened. Doubts disappeared, fears faded, and Jesus revealed that he is still alive. Hearts Burning Within Us, the latest book from Patchwork Heart Ministry, is a result of that grace-infused conversation. It is the perfect back-to-school gift for recent high school graduates and current college students. Get your copy for them today at patchworkheart.org or by calling 424-704-3278. That's 424-704-3278. Welcome to the Sewing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Sewing Hope. I am Bill Snyder. It's great to be with you. I hope that uh, you're enjoying this new year as we continue uh, journeying along in faith together. I want to remind you that you can always visit our website, patchworkheart.org, to learn more about our ministry and whatnot. Uh, as always, I'm joined by my good friend, co-host, Ann DeSantis. Ann, how are you this evening? Oh, I'm doing great, Bill. Good to be here. It is. It is wonderful to be here. And I know we have a great friend of our ministry uh, on our show today, too. So why don't you tell us who we it is? We sure do. She's a good friend of both of ours. So and a returning guest. I think this is might be her third time on Sewing Hope, which is awesome. Uh, Donna, welcome. Donna A. Heckler, welcome to Sewing Hope. Oh, Ann and Bill, thank you so much for having me. I so appreciate it. Yeah, we love having you on because there's so much to talk about. Of course, you're the author of the wonderful book that I love, Marketing God, and we had a whole podcast on that. Um, I'd love to read your bio so our audience can get to know you, especially those who are meeting you here for the first time. Uh, so we all live in crazy busy lives. So did global corporate executive Donna A. Heckler, big companies, big travel, big responsibilities until she was faced with a, quote, timeout. A freak leg injury quickly followed by stage three cancer. 
Facing 12 surgeries in 18 months, Donna had no clue but to sit quietly with God. Donna's story reminds us that in the midst of our crazy busy lives, in the midst of our darkness, we need to take time for God. We need to be present to those around us. We need to allow our inner God-given radiance to shine through. And I know that's your mantra is radiance, isn't it? Be radiant. It is, it is. I started telling myself that when I went through cancer and I was so sick one day, I couldn't even say two words to a friend and I could see that she was so overwhelmed by the ugliness of cancer. And I just said to myself, Donnie, you have to be radiant. And I, I sort of think maybe I wasn't saying it, but maybe God was suggesting that I do that because I remember thinking, how can I possibly be radiant at this moment? You know, I have no hair and, and everything just looked horrible. Um, but somehow I realized that if I was out of the way and I let God shine through, I could be radiant regardless of what was going on in my life. Mm, that's right. Now, I would like to offer to you also condolences because your mother passed away just in the last couple months. And of course, I've been praying for you and your family and the repose of her soul. Uh, maybe you could just spend a minute or two telling us a little bit about your mom. I know you had a special relationship with her, too. Yeah, we did. My, you know, my mother was just lovely. And thank you so much for your kind words. Um, mom was born in Holland and she was um, in Holland um, during World War II. And that left such a mark on her. But one of the things that happened in Holland, she came from a, a very faith-based family they would pray all the time and they pray the rosary even as the children were sent to a farm to be away from Amsterdam and all the bombing. Um, and mom kept that faith with her her entire life. So even at the very end, um, we were praying the rosary um, every time that I'd go to see her. Unfortunately, she'd had a massive stroke three years ago. And the good news in that was that I had the ability to be with her and help care for her a little bit and help her and dad get moved to a better environment. And I, of course, am sad to see her go, but I also see it as such a blessing. We had an extra three years. We weren't sure that we'd get that much more time with mom. And, and you know, she was lovely to the bitter end. Um, and I was, was blessed to be with her as she passed away. And it was so peaceful. Um, and I just think that that was a gift as well to be able to see her go up to God so gently and, and um, having just said the rosary one more time before she passed. Mm, so beautiful. And obviously she passed that faith along to you, right? She yes. Did. Yeah. And it was a, a quiet faith. It wasn't um, sort of in your face. It was quietly praying or if she was worried, well, I'm just saying my rosary not right now because I'm a little worried about whatever. And I, it was just a, such a beautiful faith that she had and that she was willing to share with us. Mm. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Now you wrote a blog recently. I thought it was very interesting. You shared it with me and uh, I had shared it with Bill as well. It's a Radiant 2022 after a year of timeouts. And I know that you understand what timeouts mean because you talked about that before with cancer and how difficult that was. Um, talk about that blog because I just thought you did a great job with it. Oh, well, thank you so much. I, you know, it was such a crazy year. All these things kept happening for me. And it was one thing after another. This would break down, that would break down. Uh, my computer didn't work, my phone didn't work. Um, and, you know, I fancy myself an author and a speaker, and it's really hard to be an author 
speaker and a speaker if you don't have any way of communicating. Um, so I had all these, it was one thing after another that kept happening. At the same time, early in the year, um, I was at mass. I like to go to daily mass. And I, every day I always say, well, God, what do you need me to do today? And I was praying, what do you need me to do? Where do you, what do I need to do? And I'll never forget hearing from him, pray more while I was at church. And I'm like, God, what more do you want me to do? I, I listen to the Bible in the year every morning with Father Mike and then pray. And then I get ready to go to mass at noon. And then I try and say the rosary in the evening. What more do you want me to do? Um, and I was a little frustrated, to be honest. I was like, doggone. I, I sort of think I'm supposed to be writing or speaking or doing something else. But no, pray more. And those words just echoed to me the sort of entire year, because when everything started breaking down, when the computer didn't work and I didn't have a phone, so I couldn't contact anybody, what could I do? Well, I could pray more. You know, I could read another faith-filled book. I had a little cat, Tinkerbell. She, she was just so sweet, but she became so ill and I needed to feed her about every half hour to an hour, just a little bit. Well, it's really hard to concentrate on what you're writing if you're getting up to feed a cat every half hour. Or, you know, um, so I, I would just pray as I was making her more roasted chicken or whatever it was. Um, and then, of course, mom really took a, a turn through the works at the beginning of the summer. And I made multiple trips back to Indiana from Florida and like eight trips in each one, five to 10 days each. That's a lot of travel. And I was sitting with mom and dad. I was visiting and we were praying I wasn't working very much. So when the year was over, I looked back and I thought, wow, God told me to pray more. And in fact, I don't think I've ever prayed as much as I did this past year, but it wasn't like I intentionally started doing that. It was more than in the course of what was happening in my life. And with all these things not working, I was praying. And later when I wrote this blog, I was thinking, you know, Donna, you talked about getting a timeout and learning how to use that timeout to spend more time with God. What happened this year is you had all sorts of tiny little timeouts. And what did you do? You spent time with God. It's just that I didn't necessarily recognize it in the moment. You know, I was frustrated and why isn't this working? And, um, but in the end, all those frustrations led me to praying a lot right in the moment. Yeah, that's such a beautiful um, story you just told, Donna, too, because I think there are so many, and there's amazing lessons in there for every listener that's out there, including myself, right? Um, that we all want to do God's will in the moment, right? And we, I, I often use the example of like mousetrap when I teach high school students about this, because I say, you know, you might only be the green boot or the red stop sign, right? And we don't get to see the whole picture of God's plan of salvation, but be the best green boot, be the best red stop sign. Uh, and it all fits together. You know, God's plan all comes together at the right time. Uh, and it's the hardest lesson for me to learn too, is uh, God's timing, not not Bill's timing, right? Like I'm sitting there going, oh man, I wish I did this and I wish I did that today. And I, and, and Lord, I, I have all these things I want to do for you. And at the end of the day, he goes, no, did you do my will for you today? And, and that's an amazing lesson that I think 
uh, you really embraced and you really learned. And, and then, you know, God placed you in those spots to be able to be present for your mom and be able to be present for all of those things by stripping away all the stuff that wasn't important. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Bill, it's so funny that you said that you're so right. You know, in corporate where I spent most of my career, I was rewarded for making things happen. Go, 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 do, 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 go make it happen. And I could introduce a new product in a few months and man, we were masterful at it. This idea of not doing is really hard because I've been trained to do and praying doesn't feel like doing. And yet praying was so much more impactful. You know, a lot of people have said for all these things that happened to you this year, you just seem to always be at peace. And I think what the praying did, just being in the moment with God, is it taught me to trust him so deeply. I couldn't correct what was going on with my mother. I wasn't going to fix that. I wasn't going to be able to heal her. But I could pray and trust that God would do what he needed to do. Um, you know, as, as hard as it is to, to lose also a little cat, I will say the little cat's death was very violent. We couldn't get her to the vet in time. And so I held her as she was sort of having seizures and her body was shaking. And as much as I hated that, the gift in that was to appreciate how peaceful it was for mom to just gently go up to God. Now, again, I think if you're not praying, if you're not being with God in these moments, you won't recognize when these things unfold, the gifts that you're being given. And, and so even though it was tough in the beginning to not do, 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 I think I learned that I was finding so much peace in the pray, pray, pray. Mm, I just love that. And, uh, and of course, all of us have gone through a kind of crazy couple years, haven't we, with COVID and then even 2021, where it wasn't completely back to normal. And you did address that in your article. One of the titles is that COVID presents some new opportunities for churches. Um, and that's a positive spin. I wondered if you wanted to talk about that a little bit. Sure. That was one of the things that, that was getting me so frustrated, right, is that here I've written a book on marketing God. And the intention of that book is how do we help parishes and ministries reach more people? And what happens? COVID comes in and people stop going to church and they stop going to ministries and the parishes are sitting here saying, what do we do? How do we bring people back? And so I worked on a variety of different white papers and tools that our parishes and ministries could use to bring people back because I do think that there are some real challenges. And one of the biggest challenges is that during this time out that we've all had, people have learned how to do their faith differently. Um, they are sitting in easy chairs and watching mass and they're missing the most important part of our faith. And that is being present and being at church to receive the Eucharist, the real presence of Christ. So I'm very worried about these bad habits that have formed. And so the paper that you're referencing and several others sort of speak to what can we do to help these parishioners and those who used to attend ministries break those bad habits and start to get good habits again of going back to church and being back in community. And 
you know, it's scary for a lot of people because they're still worried. And of course, things are still going on. But somehow we need to let go of the fear and we need to trust God and we need to return to his house of worship and we need to be with him in his holy presence. Um, and, and that's part of what I wanted the marketing God work to help with. Mm. Yeah, that's just a great message for all of us. I love the book. I mean, you did such a great job with it, with all the different points of, you know, how we can market God. And I know you even said that there were some people that questioned you on that title, which I thought was interesting, but we do need to market God and market our faith in the church, don't we? We absolutely do. And I think a lot of people have such a bad reaction to the word marketing to a large extent because of what secular marketing does, right? It's all about money, money, money. And, you know, we want more, more, more. And, but marketing God and marketing really is about creating loyalty for me. And that's loyalty of the parishioner or of those attending a ministry, not just to the parish or the ministry, but most importantly, loyalty to God. That's what marketing should be all about. So I understand why people sort of say, whoa, I don't know about that title. Um, but I also think when we explain why we want to market, that it's about helping people become more um, and deeper, more deeply loyal, more fiercely loyal to God, then people begin to understand. Yeah. And when you help ministries and you help people do that, changes the the world and it also gives a mindset shift i think to many catholics out there you know if you're listening to this and you know you're first of all get donna's book read donna's book it's amazing um but but also understand that this has the ability to shift your perspective on 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 how you're approaching your faith and how you're evangelizing evangelizing is marketing i mean that's really what it comes down to is that evangelizing ends up being a marketing and um i'm i'm sure you have plenty of those god instances in your life donna where you know this this year and in past years where god has placed you in a certain situation or a group of situations where you've had to evangelize or witness you know on an airplane or somewhere else um and and that is part of his marketing plan. Evangelization is part of that marketing plan. Um, and so, you know, this mindset shift is, is a wonderful thing, especially coming out, hopefully, of COVID for a lot of people. Yes, yes. Oh, that's so well put, Bill. And, you know, what I, what I was reflecting on as you were saying that is that I think a lot of us Catholics, or at least this Catholic right here, wasn't completely sure what evangelization meant. I wasn't really sure what is that all about. Um, so I sort of assumed that that's what priests and other people do. But marketing, I mean, obviously I was a marketer, so I understand that. But I also think marketing is really accessible to us as a society. We all see marketing in our everyday lives. So it, it, it is easier to talk about marketing because we get what that is. I mean, maybe I'm the only one who didn't fully understand what evangelization is, but I do understand that I can market God all day long. I can talk about him and I can raise awareness and I can run a little ad even if I need to. And I could, you know, wear a cross or, or whatever I need to do. And all of that is part of connecting people with God. It's my little way of doing it. And then the bigger way is the book. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, 
That's well said too. And on that same article that you referred to, um, that you sent to me, you say, is your message being heard? And it says, in my conversations with parishes, ministries and organizations, I find so many of them facing the same challenge. They have list and a list of things they need to share, the various things they do and offer. And just like you said before, I mean, with the challenges that we had, people get stuck into those routines. And don't you think also not only do individuals get stuck in routines, but even churches, right? Even nonprofits and organizations too. Absolutely. And I do think a lot of people have been stuck in routines. And now as you're coming out of COVID, the natural inclination is to go back to the routine. But guess what? Things have changed. One of the things that has been popping up quite a bit is that people are trying to figure out how do you re-engage? So I've been working with some parishes and ministries, and it's always a question, how do we re-engage? How do we welcome people back when the way we usually talk to them is through the bulletin? Um, and so, so if they're not coming to church, they're not getting the information. So how do we talk to them? How do we welcome them? And I think that's a really important thing to focus on in these next coming months is especially as we're gearing up towards Lent and Easter, how can we effectively go out and welcome people back to the church and then engage with them so that we can help them deepen their faith? And some of it is simple, like welcoming people back to church from the pulpit um, is a simple thing to do. And then those listening um, or watching online will hear the message as well. Um, certainly there are lots of things that you can do from emails to social media to to sending snail mail, as it's called. There's so many different ways that you can reach out. But I think the point of all of it is to be really intentional. You can't just say, oh, well, it's going to happen. I'm worried that it won't happen because there are these new habits out there and habits are really hard to break. If I can um, suggest one little thing, um, and that is that we created a Marketing God Facebook group and the intention of that group is for people to get on who are part of ministries and parishes who are trying to figure out what they need to do to reach more people. The group, it, it says it's private, but it's really open to anybody. Um, so if, if somebody is listening and they're like, oh, wow, we just need ideas too, or we don't know what to do. Um, we're trying to get the group to be even more active because the idea is that everybody can interact and what happens in one parish then maybe could be helpful to another parish so we invite everybody to join that if they think it would be helpful to them yeah, yeah no, i'm on that group too oh i'm sorry bill no no no, it's good and i encourage you know you to get those ideas and and implement them i mean one of the words you used in there donna was intentional <laughs> and i think that's so so important uh, that we have to do things with intent because if we if we don't then um those habits will never be broken. And so I think you just hit on a, a really awesome chord there, you know, do intentional um, stuff to draw people back, intentional marketing, intentional evangelization. It's going to bring people back. Somebody that I was working with, um, we, we were working on how as parish, how do we get people to come back to the parish? And we took all the things they're currently doing and we just sort of revised them a little bit like, let's make sure we put this message in during this month um, and really intentional. And somebody looked at the you know spreadsheet that we ended up with and they said, oh my gosh, is this all new stuff? No, 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 it's not new stuff. 
It's what you're currently doing. Just be really intentional in your message so that you can get more people interested and more people willing to, to come back and re-engage with you. So you mm. know, intentional should be our word of the year. <laughs> well, I can't, I can't recommend you enough. I mean, I just love the work that you're doing. I mean, of course, we've been in contact and friends now for quite a while and I've gotten to know you and what you do. And you've even helped me with the ministry of the nonprofit uh, St. Raymond and Otis Foundation, given us some really good suggestions that we've taken up on too. So um, I just want to recommend you to people who are listening, whether they're in ministry, individuals who are you know, attending church, and you might want to buy that book and give it to your pastor or, or give it to your diocese or archdiocese. It's just a wonderful book and it needs to get out there even more. Now, as we're coming a little bit closer to the end of the podcast um, in a short while, I wondered if you could also share with us anything that's going on this year that you want people to know about. And if there's any other books coming up, you know, I know you wrote Marketing God, I guess it was a couple of years ago, right? Um, and anything else coming up that you would love people to know? So, um, yes. Yeah, so thank you for that. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a lot of projects happening all at one time. I always have a lot of things going on. I will say I don't know which one is going to bubble to the top and be the absolute next because I think that's on God's timeline, not mine. Um, we are um, trying to do a podcast around marketing God. So I'm very hopeful that that's going to be out uh, maybe February already. Um, so we'd like to see that one happen quickly. And along with that is a workbook so that parishes and ministries can work around these topics on their own. Um, I'd love to help every single group, but I know that's not really possible. So I'm hoping to put the tools out to help them individually. Meanwhile, um, there's a number of other books that I've been working on and, and thinking through. Um, I love this idea of radiance that we spoke about earlier. Um, and you see a lot of radiance in the Bible. So I've been working and exploring a project or two where we can talk about radiance through the lens of the Bible and how did God bring that forward to us and how does it manifest in our lives and why. Um, and that brings me to something else that I continue to sort of struggle with, to be honest with you. So uh, my background was in brand marketing. So a brand is very much a promise. That, you know, what are you, what are you offering? And I always feel like I have wear two hats. I have the Be Radiant hat and because God gave me a timeout and I have the Marketing God hat. And I've been spending a lot of time thinking about that and trying to figure out how do I help these pieces intersect? And I think what I'm realizing is that as individuals, when we're radiant, more people want to be a part of whatever is making us radiant. And as we market God, what are we doing? We are helping people have a deeper relationship to God. And when they are more loyal to God, what happens? They become radiant. So I'm exploring what it looks like to integrate these two messages in a more meaningful way for individuals and organizations so it's not completely clear yet but i i think there's something um working here that that we're going to be exploring more so cool so cool i think um you're spot on with that too i mean loyalty has to you know bring you closer to god and then you have to become radiant uh just because of that, that that's a that's an awesome insight and so uh, folks, I really encourage you to, uh, you know, seek out Donna's, um, you know, ministry and book. Donna, do you want to uh, give out any uh, information, you know, on how people can get in touch with you uh, and stuff like that? 
Absolutely, absolutely. So you can go to my website, which is DonnaAHeckler.com. Now there's two A's in there. And the little secret is the middle A is for my middle name, Agnes. So it's Donna, A for Agnes, Heckler.com. And you'll see on the homepage that we address the two issues of marketing God and be radiant. So you can see that I'm starting to step into that. Um, I highly suggest the website because that's where we're trying to keep things updated. One thing we've just started there is a book club. Um, so I've been in a faith Facebook club for a number of years and we're starting to post the various books that we've read. Um, because so many times when I speak, people ask me about that. So, so that's a good central place. Um, Facebook, you can follow me on Facebook at Donna A. Heckler, Be Radiant. And then, of course, we mentioned the Marketing God um, Facebook group, which you are welcome to join. Um, I'm on Twitter, not all that often. It feels like Twitter maybe not always the right place for me, but we do, <laughs> do have a little bit going on there as well. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Donna. <laughs> yeah, it's just wonderful to have you here. I mean, it's it's when God brings together three friends like us who've gotten to know each other through ministry and just to talk about the great things that you're doing. Um, it's just a real honor for us. So thank you for being a guest on Sowing Hope. Well, thank you for having me. I have to say it's always a joy to be with the two of you and your right hand because we we start from a place of faith and a place of friendship. It's such a delight to be able to spend some time with you. And, and I, I do hope that um, as you're sowing hope, many of those who are listening are finding hope themselves and, and hope in this wonderful God that we have. And that in the course of that, they're all learning to be radiant. Amen. <laughs> well, well, thank you again, Donna. And uh... And as always, it's awesome to be with you. And so from all of us here at Patchwork Art Ministry, uh, may God continue to bless you and sow hope in the broken hearts, folks. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sowing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or Andy Santos 2. Today, many students go to college with numerous questions about their faith, yearning to know if the seed planted in them 
as a child is both true and practical. Using the miracle on the road to Emmaus as a model, young adult ministers conversed weekly for three months with college students about the most pressing questions they had about the Catholic faith. As they journeyed together virtually, something amazing happened. Doubts disappeared, fears faded, and Jesus revealed that he is still alive. Hearts Burning Within Us, the latest book from Patchwork Heart Ministry, is a result of that grace-infused conversation. It is the perfect back-to-school gift for recent high school graduates and current college students. Get your copy for them today at patchworkheart.org or by calling 424-704-3278. That's 424-704-3278.